Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On Call Capital. On Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartments and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. And throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. And since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Today's topic is kind of sort of like the cousin of our last rabbit hole on inflatable rentals. Our rabbit hole of the day is dun-dun-dun, party rentals. DJ Equipment Edition. As I mentioned on the previous rabbit hole episode, I was heavily involved in residence hall government when I was in my undergrad, and that often meant planning different events to entertain the residents. In my junior year, I was elected business manager of the residence hall association, and one of the more fun responsibilities that I had was purchasing, caring for, and doling out DJ and lighting equipment for various hall get-togethers. There were 11 total residence hall governments on campus, so anytime one of them would plan a dance event with a DJ, I'd get to load up all the equipment in my car and take it over to them, set it up, hang out and party, and then break it all down and take it back. We're talking the mixer, the speakers, mixed effect disco lights, and smoke machines, and it was a pretty fun gig. Of course, I wasn't exactly paid for this. It was more like volunteer work, but the question remains for me today, can you make money? whether by becoming a DJ or just renting out the equipment. In order to determine that, let's take a look at the market opportunity. Remember that DJ equipment rental is only a niche with, within the overall party rental market. But according to Research Cognizance, an online reports company, the global market for AV equipment rental is estimated at $230 million in 2022 and is expected to reach near $290 million by 2029 growing at a compound annual growth rate of 3.9%. These aren't tremendous numbers, but at least there is modest growth predicted instead of a shrinking market. Now, I'd love to give you more insights into that growth, you know, the, the when, where, and how, but once again, I've come up against the paywall. And while I'm sure Research Cognizance put a lot of work into this, it's just not worth $2,800 to me to get the full report. But at least we know the opportunities there. How much money can you expect to make from this type of side venture, though? And that strongly depends on your market, your ability to get the word out, and how much you charge for your equipment. The typical rental rate 
is one-tenth of the cost of the equipment, meaning you can make up your initial costs after only 10 rentals. Of course, expanding your service to include DJing does increase your ability to profit as well. After all, a typical wedding DJ will make $1,000 per gig or more, as opposed to much less if you were to just rent out the equipment. Now, you can still make between $300 to $600 just to rent out the full DJ equipment, depending on how advanced your setup is and if you have any embellishments. Embellishments is my fun word of the day, by the way, and you'll hear it again. But ultimately, this depends on how quickly you want to get to profitability. So let's do some quick math. If you purchase $3,000 worth of equipment and rent it out for $300 five times per month, you'll net $1,500 and pay off the equipment in two months. Not too bad, right? And that doesn't even have you doing any DJing at all. So you can imagine some of the scalability here, either by renting more often or by expanding equipment and services. What I've seen is combining DJing and rentals to get the best of both worlds. You can purchase the equipment needed to DJ personally, but also rent it out when you don't actually have gigs. So at this point in the show, I would normally get into how to get your business started. But like with all businesses, you should conduct market research on your target audience and competition, create a detailed business plan, set up your LLC, yada, yada, yada. You guys know that drill already. So instead, I want to focus on three things, equipment, startup costs, and gaining experience. First up, equipment. The amount of DJ equipment options can be pretty overwhelming for a beginner, particularly when you want to create high-quality sounds. There are several types of setups to choose from, several brands to choose from. The smallest possible setup is just a laptop and the right software with some speakers. Other simple options include two turntables and a mixer. So let's take some of these different options in turn, shall we? Turntables and CD decks are two options for input devices. Vinyl turntables are classic allowing you to incorporate plenty of classic tracks and achieve authentic scratch sounds. But vinyl is bulky and more expensive. Most DJs have plenty of CDs in their collection, so using CD decks can be less expensive, but you will lose that authentic scratch effect. One turntable that comes highly recommended is the Gemini TT 1000 USB turntable for around $170. With the USB connectivity, you can mix through a computer-based interface or easily digitize your entire vinyl collection. Next is the mixer, which is a core part of most DJ setups. It's an audio mixing console that allows you to perform different effects and tricks when transitioning from song to song. The Newmark M2 two-channel scratch mixer is an affordable scratch mixer for DJs of all levels and runs around $120. The two channels allow you to accommodate CD players, direct drive turntables, and other gear to mix your ideal set. Now, for me, honestly, that stuff, it sounds a bit too complicated. Most modern DJs opt for a simpler and easier digital setup that includes a controller and a laptop since they don't really have vinyls or CDs themselves. Controllers basically mimic the function of turntables and mixers, allowing for easier manipulation of their chosen DJ software. Be careful here. You can spend $260 on the DDJ400 channel DJ controller for Record Box DJ, or you can spend $1,600 for the Rain DJ1 professional motorized DJ controller. 
Either may fit your needs, but Ring DJ1 will cost you much more upfront. As for the software, some popular programs include Ableton Live, Virtual DJ, Rekordbox, Native Instruments Tractor, and Serato DJ Pro. Gaining comfort with these programs takes time, so make sure you're giving yourself that. Next is headphones. These are very important so that you can listen, cue, and mix tunes with precision. Comfort is one of the main factors here, and you probably don't want to skimp on price either. Sennheiser HD 25 Plus closed-back monitor headphones run around $200 a piece, and they are lightweight with a closed-back design to provide effective noise cancellation and a rotatable ear cup for single-ear listening. Now, onto the sound system. Using computer or bookshelf speakers will make it difficult to hear what the mix actually sounds like. On the other hand, studio monitor speakers are a great way to hear your mixes with accuracy. A pair of Mackie CR4-X 4-inch Creative Reference Multimedia Monitors can give you the ability to produce studio-quality sound without spending a ton of money. They're only $130 currently for the pair. Finally, Let's talk embellishments. Fog machines, bubble machines, strobe lights, etc. You can buy some party lights with sound sensing effects for $100 to $200. Someone might be having a karaoke event, so maybe you need a projector and wireless microphones. The list can go on and on here. But this is where your market research is going to come in handy, and specific client requests can influence your business and how it grows. After all, how much stuff do you really want to haul around from place to place? While purchasing equipment seems like a logical start to creating your own DJ equipment rental business, it may actually make sense to rent the equipment yourself first while you're learning to DJ. One of the main advantages is the ability to try out different brands for a fraction of the cost and seeing which ones you like best before actually buying your own gear. Now, let's move on to startup costs. What are the startup costs for this equipment venture? Well, you can expect to spend anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 for brand new DJ equipment, depending on the brands you purchase. This should also include all of the input-output cords you need for the system and, and any other cords necessary. Of course, there are other expenses too. You'll probably want to form an LLC, meaning you'll have business formation expenses. Let's just say that's around $500. You may want to get a basic website. You can probably DIY that for a couple hundred bucks. You may also need to do some online advertising, so that could cost you a couple hundred bucks as well. So it's probably safe to say that you can expect to spend around $2,500 or so just to get off the ground. My basic premise would be to learn how to DJ, either by renting or purchasing equipment, get the equipment you like finalized, and then offer rentals and or DJ services that help you to pay for the equipment you've purchased. And once you've paid off your initial cost, then you can add more equipment as it makes sense to do so. Maybe you got started and you're booked solid as a DJ. Great. Then you can just add simple things to your setup, like those embellishments I mentioned earlier. Maybe you got started and a ton of startup DJs are contacting you for rentals. Then it might make sense to buy duplicates of your basic DJ setup. How you grow depends on how things take shape in the beginning. But that does lead us on to our next topic gaining experience. This can seem like a fairly daunting task when you're just starting out. I mean, how do you even begin? Well, it's time to go back to school. There are several courses out there for aspiring DJs, and you may find it worthwhile to spend some money here if you don't 
have someone to actually show you around and show you what to do. The Digital DJ Tips Global DJ School was created by Phil Morse, the Amazon bestselling author of Rock the Dance Floor, which is a book about DJing. He has created several complete DJ courses, each of which are three easy payments of $179 or $537 total. But what if you don't want to spend that kind of money? Well, then let me introduce you to YouTube University. I mean, there are tons of videos for beginner DJs out there, from Alice in Wonderland to Crossfader to DJ Carlo, just to name a few. And the best part, they're all free. Now, some of these beginner videos may be designed to kind of whet your appetite for someone's more expensive course later on, but that doesn't mean that they're not chock full of value for you now. Check out the show notes for some of those links to help you out. Now, after you've learned, it's time to implement what you've learned. Putting yourself out there can be a bit nerve-wracking, which is why I suggest DJing for your own parties, whether that's for family or friends, doing that first. Mistakes won't loom so large if you're not even being paid, after all. And then after that, you can branch out to work with some local event planners, DJ companies, or even volunteering to DJ at community events. This can really help get the word out about your services. And gaining this experience can also help you in several ways. If you want to continue DJing, then you can get a better feel for different audiences and event types. If you want to stick to the rental game, then your DJ experience can help you to better understand your client's needs and preferences, setting you up to give your customers more valuable insights. By now, you should probably have an idea of whether or not this type of venture is for you. But in case you're still not sure, it's time for my favorite part of the show, pros and cons. First is our pro, profit potential. A successful DJ equipment rental business can be highly profitable particularly once you've paid off your equipment. So long as you maintain your equipment, you can profit off of your setups for years to come. Cash flow can be used to purchase new equipment for expansion and replace older equipment when the time comes. Next is our first con, physical labor. Setting up and taking down equipment at events can be physically demanding. So you'd better work on those stretches and maybe get a dolly to help out. Next is a pro, flexibility. You can set this business up to be whatever you want it to be. Do you want to just DJ at weddings and rent equipment for other events? You can do that. Do you want to only rent on the weekends? You can do that. I mean, many of you listening know that uh, Sharon Pierce, fellow CRNA, uh, her husband, Michael, DJs at many of the anesthesia conferences. This allows him to travel with her and have a great time doing it. Next is a con. There is a seasonality to this business. The demand for AV equipment and DJ services can fluctuate with the seasons. This means that cash flow may be more unpredictable depending on where you happen to be in the country. Next is a pro, the initial investment. You can start this business on a shoestring of $2,500 or closer to $10,000 if you add some of those embellishments. For a side business, this is really reasonable. Plus, if it doesn't work out, you can always just sell the equipment to someone else to minimize any of your losses. Next is our final con, the learning curve. If you are completely green to the DJ business, the learning curve can seem pretty steep. You may need to look at this more like a hobby at first, since it could take you a good bit of time to actually make it to profitability. And finally, our last pro, creativity. 
everyone has their own style, and this business allows you to express your own creativity through sound, lighting, and entertainment setups. You know, embellishments. Now, this wouldn't be a rabbit hole episode without some helpful links, and boy, do we have a few for you. There aren't really any books on this subject, uh, except for one that was for $112, and I couldn't figure out if it was a scam or not. But I do actually have some YouTube links that I feel more than make up for that. And after that, I mean, I I don't have much else here. That's going to do it for the show. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. The show only grows because of you, so make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or colleague to help them on their side income journey. I also want to hear from you. So if you have a question, comment, or rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming episode, just put it in your review of the podcast. I check those all the time, and I try to cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me and gain access to passive investment opportunities, make sure to find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or visit my website on www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Till next time, stay safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.